pandemonium reigns. Yo, friends and family, we're back again. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. I don't know why I just did that. Uh, but hey, we're back again for episode number two on the day, episode number 11 uh, on your podcast, but number one in your hearts. We love you guys. You are the reason that this show is growing, and we cannot be more uh, thankful for you guys. We're Again, we're in negotiations with sponsors. The channel is growing. The platform is growing. And it's all because of you. You beautifully glittered with orange fans. You, I don't, I don't know what fans you are out there, actually. I don't know who your team is, but I don't care. Unless it's the balls, then GBO. So, Mike, ha! I don't know. We, I still haven't figured out that opener, but here we are. We're doing it. Let's we're just talk. 11 episodes in. You know, <laughs> you know, if we were a Butch Jones team, would we have flown yet? I don't think so. We haven't made a road trip yet. Oh, and I'm sorry for going man. there. Man, we'll basically... just can this and we'll start over. Oh, you know what? We, we need to give it a good 63 effort. Oh, man. Are, are we 1% better? Clearly, yeah. we're not. This is the worst <laughs> we've ever been. Got to lay another brick. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't have any more Butch Jones for you, so I'm all uh, out. Yeah, I'm all out. I'm all out. Hey, it's uh, game game day is almost here. It's it's almost here. Uh, we we head up. We're probably on a plane right now. If not, we were already up to Pittsburgh, the Pennsylvania, to play the Panthers, the Kitty Cats, the Meows. Um, I got questions. That I'm going to ask you. You're going to drive this thing. I'm going to piggyback off you. Um, I'm going to tap into the knowledge that is Michael Blake Walker. Oh Lord, um, Junior. Don't forget that part. <laughs> uh, my bad. So listen. If I'm a Tennessee fan, which I am, how should how should the Tennessee fan base be feeling? How should we? Not what are we feeling? How should we be feeling going into this game? The way that we should be feeling, um, that whether it's new or or whether it's the old feelings, I think there should be a, a feeling of confidence going into this game. You know. You've got Vegas saying that you're going to win it. You know, it went up as high as a touchdown or maybe a little bit more. It's back down to six in terms of how big Tennessee's favored, which is, in my mind, crazy. You know, in my old PTSD battered ball mind, it's crazy. But the fact is that we're still in a relatively new era. We have, a, you know, we've made a lot of progress in a little amount of time. We've got a veteran quarterback. I mean, almost – as much of a veteran as you can have at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And in some senses, for whatever you can take at the Ball State game, a few of the concerns were really addressed. I mean, you got play out of a linebacker that you didn't expect. You got some good play out of a left out of left tackle. Again, it's Ball State. What can you take from that? Yeah. All those things aside, this is the game that fans have been looking forward to since probably the bowl game last year. Honestly, you know, mm-hmm. how much progress have we made? Because even at that time, even though that game ended poorly for a Tennessee fan, you know, there's clear and e- evident proof that the team took steps forward from the loss in Knoxville last year to the bowl game. And certainly you would think to this point where everyone's had a full whole other offseason under their belt. So I think there should be a, a reasonably nice level of confidence going into this game. You know, mm-hmm. don't be worried about the same old same old because it's again some newness there mm-hmm. and some established pieces that i think could carry you to a win um you know some some places are saying this is a must win for coach hopple in these balls i'm not you know 
you, you could make that argument. You really could. But I, I don't think it's a must win because his seat is safe until you get into the meat of the schedule, really. And, and in terms of common sense, it should be safe all throughout the season. So I don't see this as a must win. It's a statement opportunity is what it is for Tennessee in my mind. I think that's fair. I think that's really fair. You know, uh, say what you want about Pitt. Yes, they lost a first-rounder at quarterback. They lost uh, the Bolitnikoff winner uh, receiver to the transfer portal. Still a really good team, though. Uh, so I, I do think there's hope for optimism. I also think there's ho- uh, reason for concern. Certainly. Know, if I'm a Tennessee yeah. fan. Uh, well, let's let's talk. Let's look at this through the eyes of Pitt a little bit. So let's talk them. Um, what are who are who who are the dudes that we need to be on the lookout for on the offensive side of the ball for Pitt? Yeah, um, and I think if you're Pitt, then if you're a Pitt fan, excuse me, um, then I think you know that you've got a lot of experience and depth as well. Um, you know, you're not quite as flashy as as an offense like Tennessee's can be, but that doesn't mean that you're going to lose more games than you win or it's going to set you up in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's certainly names that, you know, that you should know going into this game. They've got a young tight end. I can't actually think of his name. Uh, they really like him. The offensive line is, and we're going to see this for a few years with COVID eligibility and things like that, but they're yep. frankly as old and as veteran <laughs> as you could possibly find. They just are. That's not a dig on them. Um, they've got a lot of playing time and they're really experienced. Um, there's concerns Maybe slot concerns at running back. Um, what's funny is they're, I believe the guy that got the most carries for them a year ago didn't get, didn't log a carry against West Virginia. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. But a guy who did log 16 carries, uh, I'm going to get his first name here, Rodney. Rodney Hammond Jr. Rodney. left that West Virginia game in a walking boot. Um, so, you know, oh, there's something going yeah. on with his foot or his ankle there. I think it's an ankle, but I don't want to be wrong on that. Um, but he was by far the most productive rusher for Pitt in that West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a deep group. They've got. I, I just want to try this guy's name, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Israel. That's not the hard part. The hard part is Abanaconda. Abanaconda. Wakanda forever. Yes, that you know. I would. He's got to have some good nil deals with that name. Um, didn't get a lot of carries. Definitely didn't get a lot of yards. But they like they like their dudes at that position. They like Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Um, a guy who's got a, another considerable amount of experience and not, not uh, last but not least, they like their receivers. Um, there's a guy that I think was actually a little bit more productive than Jordan Addison a year ago against Tennessee, Jared Wayne, who is again, a, a veteran dude, been there a long time, big body, six, three, uh, listed at two ten. So who knows, you know, he's probably about six two, two hundred if you want to really look <laughs> at it. But, um, but yeah, again, veterans, that's what they've got. And, you know, again, I'm kind of not working in a last but not least order here, but they love that front for their defense. Yeah. Lots of veterans there that they love. Um, Talk about NFL futures, big NFL futures for some of those pieces there. And um, I guess the most concern that I've heard and, you know, just listening to my usual lineup of shows, whether it's Locked on Balls, Josh and Swain, just listening to everything I can eat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they had one position of concern, it's probably their linebackers. Um, okay. Someone, I, I believe, with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said that they were a little bit slow just in their decision-making and, and tr- I guess, trusting what they were seeing from West Virginia. Yeah. Um, which, you know, God bless, let that please carry over to the Tennessee game because mm-hmm. the decisions we made for Tennessee's offense before they have a chance to blink. 
Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they like a lot of this team. If you listen to some of the Pittsburgh media, I think um, that they think they're covering the Steelers or perhaps the Crimson Tide. They really love that team. I mean, and, and heck, they have good reason to. They had a big year last year. Yes, they lost a lot, but I mean, they're again, veterans across the board, lots to like. Um, if we didn't have, you know, a guy like Hendon Hooker, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to Keaton Slavis being in my quarterback room. So yeah, lots sure. to like there. For sure. Well, talking that you mentioned the experienced defensive front for those guys. I just want to contrast a little bit. You know, we've got an experienced offensive front. That's very true. That's a great point. And, and, you know, I just want to clarify as well. I'm glad you said that, you know, talking about all this experience on Pitt's team, that's, that's going to be a norm across our beloved sport for a few years. I mean, yeah, the pandemic was weird in every aspect of life. College football is no different. Um, there's guys on Tennessee's team that are older than ever before. And that's going to be the case for, whoever you're a fan of or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever mm -hmm. position you're looking at, it's going to be the case because of that eligibility situation. I mean, Hendon Hooker, yeah. his eligibility would have been over by now, if not for, I believe the, uh, the pandemic year. So thank God for it. It's, it's going to help a lot of teams and certainly it's helping us. I think uh, that's the one time I can thank the Lord for COVID. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Everything Lord. else can go. Everything yeah, right. else can go. Yeah. 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 Take your mask with you. <laughs> uh, you didn't hear me say that internet. So, <laughs> uh, you and I were talking a little bit earlier in the week, uh, about the running game for Tennessee going into this game and what would need to be expected of a Jabari small and a Jalen Wright. communicate that to our listening audience. What is our running game going to have to do? What's the bottom that, that, that they're going to have to put up on the stat sheet in order to win this game. Yeah, um, which is a fascinating question to me because, you know, you got guys, just the top two rushers for West Virginia, Mr. Donaldson and Mr. Mathis there at West Virginia. I mean, Donaldson ripped off 125 yards. He was the one that had some of those longer, you know, breakaway plays. And then you had Mathis that was your still average 4.4 per carry, but he ripped off 71 yards against Pitt. Um, in my mind, though, thinking about Tennessee – the way that our offense operates and, and just the things of that nature. I think if Jabari small gets in the 100 to 125 yard ballpark, I think that bodes extremely, extremely well for Tennessee. Uh -huh. um, I'm not saying that that I don't want to put, put it that that's a requirement for Tennessee to win. Yeah. Um, but when we talked about this, that's kind of what came to my mind. Um, and what, I guess what I'm envisioning for, for Jabari in this game and I think that Jalen can just – man, I think this is a great opportunity for him yes. because he got a lot of playing time against those guys last year due to injuries, the, the top two being injured. Yeah. Um, the top level of Tennessee's running backs are healthy this year, but the bottom level is either un, you know inexperienced or unhealthy, uh, what have you. Um, so I'm excited to see Jalen against those guys. But I think if Jabari Small gets in that 100, 125, anything like that, I think it bodes really well because – that running game was obviously able to hold its own. You know, they're not struggling to get – I mean, conversely, if you look at Pitt, they had the guy that had uh, Rodney Hammond that I mentioned a minute ago that had 74 yards. But beyond him – behind him, excuse me, had no, no production. So, hmm. you know, obviously you're doing better than that. And I think it just sets up the pass game and Hendon doing whatever, almost whatever they want if if they can get Jabari in that one 125 ballpark. Okay, okay. Let me, let me segue off that in, in just a second. For Jalen Wright, I just want to mention him very quickly. I'm hoping this dude comes out ticked off. 
Me too. Um, if you do not remember, this game came down to a botched call by the refs. Yes, a botched call. No, I'm not biased. Yes, I'm realistic. It was a it was a missed call. They they missed it and they missed it terribly. Uh, Jalen Wright clearly had the first down, but they didn't give it to him, um, setting us up basically to lose the game there. Yeah, they so, picked the ball back and basically took our chance. We had no more chances after that. So uh, I'm hoping he comes out and says, you know what, I don't I don't need a review this time. Let me just watch me run over you and run by you. Yeah, I'm hoping that's his mentality. But anyway, you mentioned you ended your little segment there by uh, talking about Hooker. What's Hooker going to have to do in order to win this game? And keep in mind, guys, Joe Milton started this game last year. Pittsburgh gave us a bit of a blessing in bringing an, inter- in, uh, an, an energy, an injury to Joe Milton and introducing the world, especially the Tennessee fans, Hendon Hooker. Well, what's he going to have to do on Saturday? Man, that <laughs> you know. It's so funny. It's so funny that you asked me that because that's probably, and this is just where I'm at with Hinn and Hooker, folks. You asked me that question. I haven't even really considered what Hendon was going to need to do to win this game. That's the level of trust and my expectation for Hendon. Yeah. You know, you look at the games on the schedule last year, and I know every quarterback, every player has plays that they want to get back from last year. And Hendon threw one of his three interceptions in this game a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think he's going to have to do, though, is continue to to make decisions efficiently and cleanly like he does. You know, yes. we went back over the middle quite a bit uh, or more, excuse me, I'll just say more than mm-hmm. you saw in the 2021 season. And I wonder if there wasn't some fear to go back over the middle down the stretch last year because that's where the pick came against Pitt over the middle. Really nice, really nice play by them. Um, you know, I don't even know what he's going to have to do. I think what he's going to have to do, though, is is make quick decisions and not be afraid or hesitant to use his feet because I think his feet, I don't want him to get hurt by any means. I don't want him to be the leading rusher, but what a weapon they are in this game, honestly. I mean, you know, you look at dual threats, and he's he's almost a textbook definition of it, mm-hmm. but I would say he's – a better passer than what comes with that, you know, cliche dual threat guy because of how well he takes care of the ball yeah. and, and how much he values it. Yeah. I actually had a, uh, had a buddy here tell me today that uh, this will be the game that Hendon Hooker wins the Heisman. Wow. And I went, okay, slow down uh, for one, like, thank you for that. Yeah. Two, even if he does, Break. I'm not want to say breakout. That's not right. But it, go go off. I mean, let's say he throws for 375, four scores, rushes for 90 and two scores or something like that. Something you know, kind of outrageous. It's too early in the season to talk Heisman. You, it you, is. You cannot perform. You can't have your game that early. Uh, but anyway, with that with that said, uh, is this one of those games where we're going to have where we have to load up? And, uh, and put ourselves on hooker's back or is there enough around us with the running game and with the receivers to to get it done i think again coming from that place of confidence that i mentioned kind of off the jump i don't think you have to put this game on Hinton hooker's back i trust him enough if you do but i don't think you have to put this game on his back because of the top two running backs that we've talked about because of the guy's that are not named Cedric Tillman at the wide receiver position, man, here's, here's what I want. I want Brew McCoy catching those, those short screens and those quick throws 
and I want him dragging pit defenders for a first down. And I want that to be an occurrence on every drive. Set a tone. Yeah. Yeah. Set the tone, man. And and of course I want those shots to high it. And I, there was a shot to Tillman up the seam, I, I think last year that Milton missed one of his throws overthrown. Yeah. I, you know, heck run it back and execute those plays. But man, if we go with our usual kind of yes, quick offense, but those, you know, short throws, those screens, Give me Brew McCoy on those, man. Let him drag somebody and and yeah. let them know how the rest of this game is going to go. Yeah. But yeah, just to answer the question, I don't think that you have to put this on Hendon's back because I do think the running game will be a much bigger factor for Tennessee than it was a year ago in this game. But he is more than capable if you have to. And yeah. I agree completely. It's way too early to win to win yourself a Heisman in week two of the season. Yeah. Well, it, could it go towards that? Of course, but it's way too early to win it. Yeah, I think the most important thing for us is going to be moving the chains on third down. We we cannot have three and outs, and we we cannot be forced to punt. I, I think we're going to have to have long drives, long drives, sustained drives. Uh, so, with that said, this has been Narduzzi. This is something you and I have never, never talked about. This has been Narduzzi's mo since his days at Michigan State. He allows big plays. He allows them, and he's okay with it. Yeah, he's he's more focused on uh, on stopping your run. Yeah, he, he wants to stop your run more than he wants to do anything else. Uh, so knowing that as a Tennessee fan, I'm going, okay, I think that plays in our favor a little bit, which is why I think we were able to put up some points on them last year. Yeah, uh, And I think what also bodes, uh, gives me confidence for us as well is Joe Milton's not starting. Uh, it's, it's, it's hooker from, you know, the first play. Yeah. Uh, what concerns me about that is, Gosh, please don't get hurt, right? Yeah, certainly. certainly. Uh, don't feel like you have to go win it. Don't feel like you need to go get revenge because of, of a pick that you threw that cost it, right? Don't do not do that, right? Trust Tillman, trust Hyatt, turn around and hand it off, you know, do all those things. But if you're a Tennessee fan, you're watching this game, and let's say, you know, we we take possession uh, first on Saturday, and, and we let's say we hit Tillman down the seam. Don't get too excited. This is what Narduzzi does. This is what he does. And now he's got an offensive coordinator who doesn't want to sling it around. He's got a guy who wants to kind of ground and pound it out. So that will not bode well for our defense. If we're having quick scores and they're turning around and they're putting together long, uh, sustaining drives, that's not going to bode well for our defense. 100%. Uh, I do not like that aspect. We need to get into some this is going to sound crazy i'm not sure if i've ever said this before we need to get into some third down situations where we're obviously converting but where we're getting into some third down situations where we're putting drives together you know yes. you know what do i want to hit a big play do i want to hit yes i want all those things but we need we need to wear their defense out a little bit and if, we do because if, if we're not careful they're going to wear us out yeah and it, it could certainly happen that way um you know i think i think what we saw last year is pit didn't really hit that many big plays. They had an explosive play where it was a double pass and it showed everyone in the conference to throw it, <laughs> at least attempt a double pass on Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, they were picking up, it's kind of like they were doing exactly what you're saying. They were picking up third and medium to third and long because Pickett could just keep himself alive in the pocket and hit that, that seemed like a dig every third they, down they coming across the so middle. many digs yes and and honestly i think that's why jordan addison probably didn't lead their team he, and he may have this is just my impression of this game but i think it's why jordan addison maybe wasn't the most productive receiver in that game for Pitt because they were content to go to a tight end over the middle they were content to have Pickett keep a play alive with his legs or pick up the first down i mean mm -hmm. they they were not afraid of anything i mean honestly i think they could have faced third and 40 
mm-hmm. and they would have had the expectation that they would run the same stuff, the same things and just pick it up. But I absolutely agree. Um, we've talked about in our ball state recap that Tennessee had some longer drives in terms of plays, you know, 11 plays, 90 yards. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has to stay ahead of the sticks, you know, yep. don't get yourself behind the sticks and, you know, f- make it be a 10 play drive that results in three or seven points and do that consistently. And you're yes. setting yourself up for success. Yes. Yes. You know, the, for, for the first time in who knows, I guess, since the Butch Jones era, we can finally say this is an offense that can play from behind. You know, we don't want to, but if we have to play catch up, we can do that. Yeah. However, I think if we find ourselves doing that, it's going to be a lot like 2015 Arkansas. Yeah. Where they're going to try to ground a pound it, they're going to chew clock, and they're going to keep the offense off the field. I'm telling you, if I'm a if I'm a pit coaching staff, I'm going to say it's going to be real hard for you to score if you don't have the ball. I don't care how many plays you can run in a minute. It doesn't matter if you don't have the ball. So we're not going to give you the ball. Um, yeah. You know what? Don't be surprised if Narduzzi doesn't sneak in an onside kick here or there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying um, that would not. That would not surprise me. This is a guy who is, again, he's not afraid to allow the explosive play. He's not afraid of this kind of stuff because he might be thinking, you know what, let's kick this onside. If we don't get it, we give Tennessee a short field. You know what? We we'll get the ball right back. We'll have the ball right back. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, maybe, and maybe they're thinking it's a, it's a shootout with two different types of guns. You know, they're coming to this shootout with, you know, a sawed-off shotgun, and we're coming with an – you know, uh, uh, an AR-15 or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. But I just don't want Tennessee fans to first quarter, right, you know, seeing the tweets, seeing the Facebook posts. Oh, my gosh, Tillman for 65 yards, play number two. This game is over. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. This is what he does. This is what, it's he, does. what he does. It's who he is. And, uh, and I do want to clarify just for a minute because we have – I don't know if you have gotten this question. I meant to even talk to you about this. I get a lot of people saying, hey, can you explain more, like, what that means or what this route is? Or So you mentioned how Pitt ran several thousand digs <laughs> last year. So yeah. for, for, our, for those out there who don't know a dig, a dig um, it's basically 10 to 15 yards straight up field depending on where the first down marker is. A lot. Some people run it at eight. You know, just it has a lot to do with your down and distance. Uh, and then it's a hard ninety degree angle turn to the inside, and that's it. Um, straight up, straight in, uh, and that's all it is. Some people call it a box route, uh, but it, it it's a dig. And uh, Jordan, what was his name? Jordan. Um, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett made a freaking living off of this route last year. And we, it's weird, dude. It's like we didn't have an answer for it. We sure didn't, man. Um, but I think a key to this game, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think if we can pressure Slovis, make him uncomfortable, I think that's good enough to get the get a win. I really do. You know, I do too. This, And we've talked a lot about the offense, and rightfully so, because, frankly, we talked about this in, in our – ahead of the season starting and talking about the records that had to break. You know, offensive football and explosive offensive football is relatively new at Tennessee. You know, yes, we're a historic program, you know, but when Josh Dobbs came along and he was doing the, frankly, superhuman things that he was doing, it was new. And on the flip side of it, this is new. Whereas we've won historical games with defense and ferocious running games. This is a new era. And that's okay. 
because the game is not what it used to be. Yes, yeah. Florida and Utah, they played a classic football yeah. game with what felt like 20 offensive linemen and, and defensive linemen there in the trenches. But yeah. it's okay. The game is evolving. We're kind of evolving with it for once. Yeah. And, again, I think some of the success ahead of schedule a year ago bodes well for Tennessee's future. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, Pitt was so content last year just to sit back and – Yes, there were some TFLs for Tennessee. Um, I'm sure there were some sacks. I don't actually know for sure, but they were so content. And if you can pressure Slovis, I don't believe that he'll be able to make those plays that Pickett made, even though he's good. He's sure. a fine quarterback, fine college sure. quarterback. But he's not Kenny Pickett. I don't, I, he's not Kenny Pickett. He's not just, man, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for, smart as in touch with the down and distance. And his his players, he's new to these players. So pressure him, and that's a huge, huge advantage for this yeah. team. So uh, I'm, I'm going to poke fun at one of our listeners real quick. I was doing an NFL fantasy draft a couple of weeks ago, and the pit game came up. And he, his words were, how could you lose to Kenny Pickett? You know, okay, I hope you're listening, bro. That's a stupid remark. I told you I was going to blast you on this podcast, and I'm blasting you. Your remark is stupid. You're talking about the only quarterback who got taken in the first round. You're talking about the only one. I mean, what else do you want me to say about the guy? The There was one quarterback. Just I'll, You know what? Put it into your own words. Okay, fine. There was one quarterback who was taken in the NFL draft in the first round last year, and it was Kenny Pickett. Tell me who Pittsburgh is or was without Kenny Pickett last year. I mean, I, I dude, that was a very stupid thing for you to say. Hey, hey let me <laughs> let me let me hammer it home for you. Can I hammer it home for you? Hammer it home, baby. All right, I'm not going to do the math because I've tried to do math on this podcast before and it went <laughs> poorly. I want you to, if you're listening to this podcast, Google Kenny Pickett Pittsburgh. Panthers stats he threw for more touchdowns last year than in the prior four years combined holy crap he threw 42 of them last year he also broke out for 4,319 yards with Pittsburgh in the ACC yeah that's a different level of competition but again Narduzzi he's a defensive minded guy yeah and he blasted his old offensive coordinator for throwing it too much they were pretty balanced when it turns out it's like 51% past a 49% rush. It's mm -hmm. pretty balanced, and they had a good reason to do so because of Kenny, by God, Pickett. Yep. Throwing 42 touchdowns and 4,300 yards. That's yep. that's special at a place like Pitt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ACC champions. But you know what? He's not suiting up for the Panthers on Saturday, which, which makes sure me isn't. feel pretty dang good. Uh, would you feel any different about the outcome – if Kenny Pickett was returning? I would probably, you know, I mentioned, again, I've talked on it twice, I think, already. But, um, you know, I was talking about that confidence that I think Tennessee fans should feel uh, just in terms of, of not viewing this as an automatic loss or something like that. Um, I would feel a little definitely more apprehensive if Kenny Pickett was returning because we saw a year ago in person. We were both there. Um, us and the old man, Mike Sr., we were there. And – I mean, he he was a big factor in that game. Yes, hitting it through the pick, but, you know, Pickett just kind of carried them, and he did everything that they needed him to do. Uh -huh. um, you know, their running game wasn't particularly particularly explosive in that game. He, yeah. he just kind of did everything he needed to do. So I would be a lot more apprehensive if Pickett was there because it's already a road game. It's already the 
the close of this home and home series. So yeah, that defensive line, add picket to it. I'd be a lot, a lot more concerned if he was there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, looking at the stat sheet here, uh, based off the Pittsburgh West Virginia game from last Thursday, uh, I, I'm just now finding this out, bro. Slovis took five sacks. Five sacks, yeah. Five sacks. Uh, I I hope that is a good sign for us. I hope that is a good stat for us. And I think, listen, he got sacked five times, and they still found a way to win that game. Uh, the, I mean, the dude threw for 308 yards. However, we, we've talked about this on a previous show. If, if West Virginia catches some of those balls, that's that's a different outcome. I think Pittsburgh is is a little more vulnerable this time around. Um, there's a couple things that worry me. I am going to go huh. – I'm I'm gonna stick with my mm, I'm gonna stick with my original projection and say that we pull it out in a thriller and win by three. Okay, I'm gonna stick with it. Um, and and this is you know obviously something I want us to do depending on how we're feeling, but I'm gonna flip from from my preseason projection. I think it was our first ever show that we did our season projection for Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I had I had Tennessee traveling up to Pittsburgh and losing this game um for whatever reason I'm feeling confident you know okay. yeah they they got to Slovis with that veteran offensive line they didn't run the ball particularly well um and we all know what they lost they yeah. lost a ton yeah um and I like you know I like Hendon Hooker I like the athleticism and the speed across the board I think for Tennessee yeah, yeah I'm sure Pitt's got some burners but man I really like some of the matchups that we can create uh-huh. and I guess this is a situation where I've just been talked into the win for Tennessee. Um, and, you know, I don't know if Tennessee lights up that scoreboard up there in Pitt, but I do think they find a way to win this game by 10 on the road, cover that that spread that Vegas has. Um, I, I think as of right now, if I were betting this right now, I would bet the under because it is, I believe, 68, around 68. And I'd okay. probably lean under that 68, which is kind of crazy because, you know, <laughs> if, if Tennessee wins by 10, you got to think it's at least in the 30s or maybe getting on up into the 40s. 64 and a half. 64, 64 and a half. half. Wow. So, yeah, I already don't feel too good about that under. But um, mm. I'm going to say Tennessee wins a 10-point game at, on okay. the road at Pittsburgh, a bit of a statement win, setting up a lot, a lot of games for Tennessee yeah. on this in the rest of the schedule. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a hostile crowd. Pitt is excited about Panther football again. Uh, they they showed up and showed out for that West Virginia game. I'm just going to say this, and we'll, we'll end the show. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the final is. I just want to walk out of it with a W. Um, I saw on Twitter where uh, – and I couldn't figure out if this is legit or not. Are they building a Johnny Major statue? Hey, uh, I think I've seen some buzz about that. That's that's actually a great question. I I don't know the answer to. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say they should, but oh, sure, if they yeah. are or not, I don't know. And I'm glad you when you said in the show that reminded me of something that I wanted to talk about real quick. Oh, okay, yeah, bring it on. Um, the good old Reverend Jimmy Homs of of Knoxville Sports Media sent this tweet out the other night, and he said Tennessee fans apparently didn't buy any of the pit ticket allotments since Pitt only offered seats. In the 500 level, which UT, which UT refused, that's speaking of how high up the seats are. Right. 
Uh, tw- let's see. After Tennessee allotted 2,200 seats to pit in the lower level last year, Tennessee did get over 400 tickets in Section 101, a lower level seat, primarily for the band. If fall Twitter, if the Tennessee fans that are in Pittsburgh, the Tennessee fans that are making that road trip, if the players see this, thanks for making us mad, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate the locker room material. Appreciate it. Yeah, Listen, and that's I, more of just an administrative thing. That should be hashed out when home and homes oh, are agreed sure. to. That's a joke to me. Um, coincidentally, I saw something similar for Alabama and Texas, where I think Texas didn't allot seats for the million-dollar band, which I'm neither here nor there on because Alabama's band isn't worth one cent to me. Um, they're good, <laughs> but can't stand you guys, so whatever. But, you know, what's the deal, man? we got a home and home. Make yeah. it even because yeah. there were certainly a lot of pit games, pit fans there at that game last year. And I guarantee you can expect a lot of Tennessee fans there this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, if there's two, 200 or 2,000 of us, I don't care. Go in there and get a win. I, I guarantee you, Coach Heifel is not, not talking about how many fans we have traveling. I guarantee you, he ain't worried about, about that. He is not worried about it. And you shouldn't either, unless you're going. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, well, this is going to be the end of the show. Uh, thanks for joining uh, the Pandemonium Reigns Orange cast because we only talked about the orange on this cast. See what I did there, guys? Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I know that I say this a lot, and but every time I go and look at our analytics and our distributions and, and how many of you guys are listening and watching, just to watch it grow, it's like it's like – I don't know. It's like waiting for NCAA 13 in the middle of the mall, right? Waiting for it to come out, like the 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 midnight release. It's like I don't know. It's it's so much fun. So appreciate you guys. Tell your mom, uh, Mike. Thank you for telling her friends, Mrs. Penny. I love you so so much. Uh, tell your tell your daddy to start sharing this. Okay. Right. Hey, we'll do. He's got to pull. He's got to pull his weight. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not happy with Mr. Mr. Walker Senior. All right. <laughs> I'll tell my daddy the same. Oh, Just kidding, I didn't know him. Oh my god, <laughs> got him! Oh my gosh! Hey, this is Pandemonium Reigns. Thank you so much for listening. You could have been anywhere in the world for the last thirty-five minutes, but you chose to be with us, and you made a great decision, didn't it? They made a fantastic decision. Thank you so much. Fantastic decision. Hey guys, we love you. Enjoy week two of the college football season. God bless and go balls. <laughs>